Welcome to episode 10 of the Parent and NI podcast. Uh, this one is a special one and one that I've been looking forward to because it is our Parenting Week special. And later on, we'll have a special interview with Parenting NI legend that is Pip Jaffa. Uh, she'll be talking to us about the history of the charity and support for parents and about enjoying retirement with her grandchildren. But right now, I have our CEO with me, uh, Charlene. How are you doing, Charlene? Hi, Emma. I'm great. Thank you very much. Good. Um, so we're going to be chatting all things Parenting Week. Um, and did you like our wee introduction there? I did, indeed. It's a very special birthday for Parenting and I. And as anyone following our social media channels can see, we're making the most of it and celebrating on a continual basis throughout the year. But it's a very important year for us, so we're absolutely delighted. Yeah, absolutely. You're probably sick of hearing us all about it now, but we had a brilliant day celebrating in the OES Centre uh, on Saturday the 12th of October. Um, and so that was a very special wee birthday song from uh, Over the Hill at Acoustic Picnic. Um, so you can check that out there as well. It's in the OES Music Centre. Uh, I think it's the second Saturday uh, of every month and that's a free event for, for families. Um, attend if you want to do that you can check it out um Charlene can you believe when we first uh started recording this podcast back in January we uh were talking about all these events that we we're gonna have to celebrate our 40th year and like here we are at parenting week it really does seem like about five minutes ago I know I know so it's flown in um and what all kind of have we been up to since then so this year, because it's been our birthday and Parenting and I is all about celebrating parents, we've really tried to focus our activities for parents. Um, so we've had a whole range of different things on. We started in August and, uh, as you say, had our uh, event on Saturday past. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had a day in McDonald's up in Antrim and Junction 1 where we had lots of families who were coming in to um, get their lunches and their teas and they were able to avail of face painting and have lots of fun and interact with all the activities but also find out about information not only about parenting and I but other services in their area might, which might be a really helpful resource to them. We had a really good day up at Streamvale Farm who uh, were enjoying their big digger day mm-hmm. and uh, we were able to go up and interact again with all the parents, the families, the children who were enjoying the digger demonstrations and again really talk to parents about the importance of access and support and information and doing it in a really fun, interactive and engaging way. Uh, we've been to W5 and we were able to have information again available for parents who were coming in on a Saturday with their families and children to really enjoy the centre and the facilities available there and we were again able to talk about the importance of access and support and information and provide lots of little top tips and information about parent support app and the different things parents mm-hmm. can do and then most recently we've had our birthday weekend so we were in Straban on Friday 
and uh, had a, a huge cake and then had another <laughs> huge cake on Saturday <laughs> in the Oya Centre. So uh, we're like one of those very important people who liked, like my daughter, who likes to celebrate their birthday on more than <laughs> one day. So we've had a slightly protracted birthday celebration, but we had loads of families involved with both those activities. Lots of young children interacting with the music in Oya, which was super to see, uh, as well as the cake, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's been a really good couple of months interacting with loads of families and parents and children and just really celebrating everything to do with parents and the the really really important role that they play in their children's lives yeah absolutely so we definitely kept to our word uh we've had all these events um and now we're heading into uh our favorite week of the year uh it's parenting week so charlene can you maybe tell the listeners a little bit about what parenting week's all about because i mean we have mother's day and father's Mm day that people might actually know that Parenting Week exists and that we've been running it for 20 years now in Northern Ireland. Uh, so Parenting and I are absolutely thrilled that we continue to lead on Parenting Week and it's something that's really popular for people to celebrate. Uh, so really it is all about giving an opportunity for us to celebrate the important role that parents play in their child's life. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes the challenges that happen along the way and the bumps in the road get in the way of all the really good things. So it's about taking a little bit of time for any organisation, school uh, or um corporate employer to celebrate their parents that that come into their centres, that come into their work and and look at what they can do to say, do you know what, you're doing a really good Mm -hmm. job and let's take time out. Uh, Self-care is so important. We all talk about it. Most (laughs) of us aren't very good at it. So it's about saying parents are by and large doing the very best job that they can. Mm -hmm. So Parenting and I for 20 years have been leading on promoting this week every October, uh, getting schools involved, getting organisations involved, getting employers involved and encouraging them to have things like a coffee morning, a quiz, an event, even just doing activities with their parents or children that are coming into their centre or school. And again, it's about fun, interaction, let's celebrate the positives, let's look at the good things that that are happening and really take time out to uh, celebrate that role. Yeah, definitely. And so if people are maybe thinking, cool, that sounds great, what sort of things can they do to get involved? Well, there's loads of resources on our website. Uh, so all times there's information and resources on our website, but particularly at this time of the year, uh, we have a really good range of resources that are developed specifically for schools and organisations that are having events and activities with parents and children, but they can be looked at by anybody. As mm-hmm. a parent yourself, have a little look to see is there some of the activities on there that you might want to do of an afternoon with your child yourself, or indeed if you're an organisation or employer, have a little look at what we have available. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of events coming up specifically for Parenting Week. Um, so we have Family Fun Days in Antrim and Straban, and they're hugely popular events. They're absolutely free for parents and, and to bring their children to come along to. There's loads of information, loads of interactive fun activities. There'll always be treats available. There's a whole wing thing for both of those because obviously this is coming up to the half yeah. term for school yeah. as well. And the other thing we're doing with Parenting Week is particularly looking at all our employers that have a huge workforce of employed parents and encouraging them to run seminars or workshops, again, looking at how they can support their parent employees. Uh, we do have an event in Allen Overy on um, Tuesday morning, which is um, like a networking morning, which again is encouraging parents to go along, hear from prime examples of parents who are managing that work-life balance, what that looks like, maybe get some top tips on how that works for others. Mm -hmm. Um, And we have a range of other things going on during the week, including um, we're going to be at Ulster Museum Storytime on Friday, which we're 
We're very excited about yeah, it. Yeah, it'll be good fun. Uh, I hear there's some dinosaur activities going down on that day, too. Sounds pretty good. Dinosaurs, <laughs> I don't know at what age dinosaurs stopped being popular. Uh, Jurassic Park or Jurassic World, one of them was on our house at the weekend oh, again. So I think dinosaurs are huge popular. Just and, always. Yeah, yeah, the biggest attraction, I think, in the museum as it is. But yes, one of the things they're doing with us for Parenting Week is specifically around dinosaurs and parent and I staff will be there again on hand with a lot of information and Mm -hmm. some really good resources and top tips for information on that Friday as well. So you can keep up to date with everything that we're doing on our social media channels. So we've got Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, We're just all at Parenting NI on those. And the hashtag for the week is just hashtag Parenting Week. So if you're doing any posts... Um, during the week maybe if you use some of the activities that are on our website with your uh, with your children make sure you include that in it and uh, I'll give you a wee retweet and a like um, so one of the other things that we're talking about during the week um, is asking parents what their favourite thing about being a parent or what their favourite thing to do with their children is so Charlene what would your favourite thing be doing to do with your children I had the privilege of knowing I was going to be asked this question, so you would think that I should be actually prepared. I think it's really difficult. I've got three children, and by and large, I just love being a parent. It is definitely not always easy. Mm -hmm. My goodness, I have as many challenges as the next parent, but there is just something wonderful about being a parent and having children who, generally speaking, give you an unlimited amount of love and affection um and that's just absolutely wonderful what my favorite thing to do if you ask any of my children and both myself uh is anything kitchen related so it revolves around food uh i like baking a lot with the children and uh, they've now got more interested in actually cooking dinner which can be quite a time consuming process and uh, when knives are involved it's uh, me about trying to encourage myself to think it's really good to promote independence charlene you need to let them use a knife um so yes children get really involved in the kitchen in my house i love it and they love it and it's sort of the time that they spend with me and they associate with me I'm also quite fond of the arts and crafts and making a big mess of a Saturday afternoon if it's raining. <laughs> so not the sportiest parent in the world, um, but yes, those are my sort of go-tos for activities with them and I just love spending that time either one-on-one or even all of us together. Mm-hmm. It can end in some rise and some spillages, <laughs> but generally sure. speaking, it's a, it's a really fun thing to yeah, do. Yeah, that sounds good. That's lovely. Um, Another thing that we have going on throughout the week as well is something that we launched last year. Uh, We got ourselves a little Spotify account and put together a Parenting Week playlist. So we want you all to soundtrack our week. uh, And what we're asking you to do is submit tracks to us. Uh, You'll find the posts on our social media pages and you can write a little comment underneath either with a song that reminds reminds you of your own parents or of your children. So Charlene, do you have any that spring to mind? Again, I didn't know this question was coming, I'm still again not prepared. When I think of my own parents, well particularly my dad, I have to say it was like uh, Kenny Rogers yeah, and maybe a wee bit of Patsy Klein thrown <laughs> in or Dolly indeed. That was usually a row in the car because the young ones would want like Radio 1 on or yeah. something equally irritating to my dad yeah. and he would insist upon that. 
my mum was more Shania Twain or uh, Sling so Dion. <laughs> Me and mum went to Shania last year. <laughs> so that's my penchant for them came from my mum probably. With my own children, there's they have a really wide taste in music, which mm-hmm. I actually really, really like. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes in our house, we're listening to country. Sometimes it's really pop music and they, they love hearing what music was popular whenever I was going out. George Ezra is definitely one mm-hmm. that as soon as that comes on, all three sing are singing. Yeah. Um, so that's a very popular one. And my little girl, hers has always been Katy Perry, Fireworks. Oh, yeah. So as soon as that <laughs> comes on, that just, in my head, I'm singing along with my daughter because she's loved it since she was a toddler. Mm-hmm. So yeah, lots of music that they love. Uh, Rag and Bone, uh, oh, yeah. anything, uh, Bruno Mars, yeah. again, they're big ones. But I think, yes, it has to be Firework or <laughs> the... George Ezra song yeah. probably for my own children. Cool, that's really nice. And um, obviously we all know I'm a big music buff, so I love hearing those little stories because I just think music brings back so many memories for people. So that's really lovely. And um, but yes, do get involved. And um, you can see, as I said, those posts on our social media page, and you can just write us a wee comment underneath with your favorite memories of tracks for, with your parents or your children. Okay, so it's Happy Parenting Week from us and from some of our lovely staff. Our guest this month, well, she really needs no introduction. Um, she's a legend of parenting and I have dedicated 37 years to the organisation. Uh, she's a passionate advocate for parents and an inspiration to us all. So I'm really delighted to say that I'm joined by Pip Jaffa. Good morning. Hi, are you Pip? Good morning. I'm Graham, thank you. Really good. Good, good. Um, so Pip, you've been involved with parenting and I since 1979 when it started. Um, but before we get into that and the history of the organisation and how you got involved, let's go back to the very beginning. Uh, let's talk a wee bit about maybe your childhood and growing up for you. Could you tell me a wee bit about what that was like? Of course. My childhood was, uh, by and large, a very happy one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had an older brother, and uh, but the, the thinking at that time was that the best education was a boarding school and he left board, he left for boarding school at, when he was 10 and I was just eight. So uh, f- virtually I was like an only child and I did miss that sibling relationship. And uh, of course, when I got to about 18 or 19, I had to get to know my brother all over again. Uh, but it was also quite unusual because um, my mother went back to work at when I was eight or nine, mm-hmm. and that was frowned upon in those days. You know, mothers should have been at home looking yeah. after the children. Mm-hmm. However, I think the uh, benefit of that for me was that I became very resilient and uh, more, m- more and more independent. Mm-hmm. My father obviously was around. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a teacher, he was able to be in uh, in the house at three o'clock, half three, when more or less when I was. So it was, it was a very happy childhood, uh, marred, I would have to say, by uh, my father's um, chronic illnesses. Mm. My mother had a very much a candy attitude, so when anything went wrong or my father was ill yet again, it was, well, what do we do about it? And, and she was very practical, as well as being emotionally extremely supportive, mm. as was my father in his own way. So I was very, very lucky, uh, and I think the... Uh, issue of being uh, having a can-do and we'll sort this out attitude really served me very well yeah. in later life. Yeah 
So you talked a little bit about your father being a teacher there. You then went mm. on to, to be a teacher yourself um, for a few years. So it would seem that you kind of always had a keen interest in supporting children, even before you became a parent yourself and then got involved with Parents Advice Centres as we were then, um, uh, we were called at the time before we became parents and then I. Um, so could you maybe tell me a little bit about then what your motivation was for getting involved when you did get to that point of getting involved with the organisation? But as you say, I was always interested in children and I, I definitely always wanted to, to, to be a teacher. However, uh, when my youngest child went to P1, I was looking for something to do and there weren't a lot of teaching jobs available. And my brother was one of the, uh, one of the group of people uh, who were parents and lecturers from Ulster University who wanted to bring this pilot scheme over to Northern Ireland under the auspices of the International Year of the Child. So it was, uh, it was an initiative because in the early 70s, a six-year-old had been killed by her stepfather and there were 16 agencies involved. It was a very well-documented case. And um, there was a lot of discussion among academics and others as to how did, could this happen and what can we do more to support parents. So when the International Year of the Child came along in 1979, those who were involved, as in the committee, decided they would test the waters and see if a helpline to support parents would uh, be of interest and attractive to the parents of Northern Ireland. Uh, so that's when it was set up for one year, mm-hmm. with funding from the development of, from the Department of Health for a development officer for one year. Okay. Uh, and um, through my brother, I heard of this, mm-hmm. and I thought, my goodness, that sounds so interesting. Uh, but what do I know about trying to help parents? I'll have to do <laughs> a lot of learning <laughs> and a lot of training, which was all provided by the Ulster University, in-depth induction, ongoing training and so forth. And they, if you like, uh, took us under their wing for a number of years Mm -hmm. initially. Mm -hmm. So um, you mentioned there about kind of the historic case that that brought the organisation about. What what was it like in those early days? Was was there recognition that the parents should be supported? No, absolutely not. The organisation was regarded as uh, telling parents what to do, which blatant or blatantly was not about. Uh, it was about enabling and supporting and listening and trying to guide the parents. And that has always been the, the, the premise that it has been based on. Uh, and the volunteers were seen as do-gooders and how dare we try and tell other parents what to do. So people had a very sceptical view of it. And uh, I would have, I would say, safely say that for the first 10 years, uh, that was how we were perceived. Mm-hmm. Because the climate was, the services were geared to children, yeah. uh, parents were in the background, and it wasn't a holistic uh, approach to helping when there was a, uh, an issue with a, a child who was seen to have the problem, the mm-hmm. child owned yeah. the problem, rather than being what are the circumstances, the situation, and so forth. Yeah. So uh, that was the that was the the uh, context in which we were working at that time. Yeah, and obviously then the organisation um, was around kind of in those very traumatic years mm. for Northern Ireland um, during the Troubles. Would you say that that I mean you, 
you mentioned there that it was kind of seen as a, a do-gooders mm. kind of service mm. um, and maybe was it that there was so much else going on that people thought it wasn't a main focus or would you have seen maybe some of the issues um, coming through the helpline at the time might have been impacted on by the troubles? I mean obviously it had a massive impact on a lot of um, parents and, and young people in Northern Ireland. I, I think that that's, uh, while that was always the, the, um, the, the background uh, and for some families, tragically, it was their, their, their lives, the way they were living. Because parents felt they shouldn't ask for help, because it was that uh, if you asked for help, you were washing your dirty linen in public, that was the attitude. The issues that came to the helpline then appeared to be very simplistic, like stealing and lying and bedwetting. They were mainly to do with children not to 11, very few issues to do with teenagers. And yes, we did get calls about people being intimidated uh, and people having suffered from uh, some consequence of some action connected with the trouble. But by and large, people were so uh, reluctant to talk about that. I would have to say that um, the fact that we offered anonymity and confidentiality within the usual bounds was an added bonus for us, Mm -hmm. on top of which we were known not to be a statutory service. So those two factors really did encourage parents. And as we went through the 80s, that that became more and more known. Mm -hmm. And that was, in my view, one of the big bonuses of the services at that time. Yeah, um, and so I'm just noting there some of the issues that you're you're talking about, mm-hmm. and obviously, parenting and I would maybe still see a little bit mm-hmm. of those kind of things mm-hmm. coming through. But you mentioned there about teenagers, mm-hmm. um, and and those kind of issues that we now. I mean, we have a program that's our our signature program based around support mm-hmm. for teen uh, parents of teenagers. Sorry. Um, because there was such a gap there mm. in terms of services for those um, those parents. But I suppose family life has changed dramatically over those years mm-hmm. and you, you went from being a volunteer to a director mm. and then you were chief executive of the mm. organisation for many years. So you've seen, I mean, as we all do see family life change, but through the organisation you've seen it change um, dramatically. Yeah. Um, what would you say maybe some of the biggest changes are that you've seen across the years? It, it, it would seem to me that they, uh, in, the, in the 90s, we seem to have what I would uh, rightly or wrongly des- describe uh, moving into the 20s, a, an avalanche of pressures on parents which didn't exist prior to that. Uh, and the openness and the whole social media, which then became more apparent as we moved through the uh, noughties, if you like, Mm -hmm. uh, those changes uh, really challenged parents to be able to cope. And a a lot of parents, I think, felt out of step with their children and their young people Mm -hmm. uh, in respect of the technology. Uh, So that added to the increasing independence, the uh, earlier physical maturity of children uh, and their knowledge about what else was going on uh, globally, mm-hmm. I think uh, became, in, 
put increasing demands on parents mm -hmm. to be able to respond to the huge diversity of needs of their children and the young people. Yeah. I, I think also one of the changes um, that seemed apparent was the um, probably a, a move a little bit more to materialism mm -hmm. and uh, the, the how you were seen as a parent, mm -hmm. how you were seen to be uh, in your own community and those pressures then added financial had a financial implications mm -hmm. for a lot of parents which some managed and some some didn't um and there were also major factors like increasing family breakdown mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what did happen parallel to that in my view was uh, that people because parenting became more of an issue in its own right and recognized as having an impact on the the well-being of children and young people there was more openness mm -hmm. so the helpline when the calls came in from the helpline people were ready to talk the early days nobody mentioned abuse mm -hmm. uh, nobody mentioned things that were really 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 serious uh, and that changed and it was you know pe parents would have come on the phone and said I have you, you know here are the the signs and I think my child may have been abused mm -hmm. and that that was really so hard for a parent to say but so much better in the long run to be able to help that parent to find suitable uh, help yeah definitely um and I mean you talk there quite a bit about social media and the technology yeah. technological changes which is something that interests me personally because I use social media on a daily basis for my work um, and it's <clears throat> excuse me it's interesting because um I think it does have a massive kind of part to play in in the problems that we have in society in terms of I mean you're talking about parents keeping up with their children you also mm -hmm. talked a little bit about um kind of the keeping up with the the Kardashian, yeah. shall we say, yeah. kind of yeah, effect exactly. Exactly. in terms of, you know, and I watched a Lou Through documentary recently about um, mothers suffering with postnatal depression yeah. Yeah. and one of the mothers talked about how um, her experience of Instagram actually made her feel worse because she could see all these parents posting pictures of their babies and how everything seems so happy and filtered and, you know, I suppose it all kind of feeds in but then on the flip side of that yeah. too, there maybe is a little bit more awareness out there which feeds into maybe what you're saying about people being more willing to be open and and maybe actually find support through um online um services too um because parenting and i have also then adapted through with the helpline you know, i got web chat yeah. you can contact yeah. through your facebook twitter instagram pages um so yeah it's kind of a double-edged sword isn't it a little bit and I think what that has done, um, you know, the, the, that expansion of the services of Parenting NI ha has given parents choice. Mm -hmm. And what people want is to be able to access help in the way they want at the time they want. Yeah. Uh, and certainly that was some of the thinking in, back in the 70s and 80s. That was the reason it was a 24 helpline, yeah. which was amazingly difficult to manage we were all volunteers then so we were leaving the office going home and then we were on duty all again <laughs> yeah. so that was difficult logistically mm -hmm. however it did it did tend to pick up 
some of the very serious calls at 11 o'clock on a yeah. Friday night. Yeah. Now, with the plethora of technology, parents have choices mm -hmm. and they are more likely, in my view, to be able to access something that suits them. And and that's all to the good. Mm -hmm. And they, they, the, the other thing is, they can be in control of that. Yeah. And it was, you know, the, the organisation uh, is always about empowering parents boosting their confidence, their self-esteem and so forth. And this empowerment through technology, I think, is significant mm -hmm. uh, and a considerable advancement, even though at the same time that some of the parents are tearing their hair yeah. and what their children are up to and so forth. Yeah. However, I think every year there are more and more uh, opportunities to for parents to come together in whatever for and discuss how they manage that safely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we, I think we are progressing. Yeah, definitely. I want to come back to something Larry said just when you were talking um, about the, the technology and the helpline kind of side of things. Um, obviously then, if it was 24-hour service, mm. you were going home, mm. you are dealing with all those issues that parents are bringing through, and then also going home to your own children mm. too. Mm. What, was, what was that like? Well, only a few of us did the um, after-hour service. Okay. Um, and always as part of the training and the ongoing training, uh, we were acutely aware of our, our own attitudes, how we dealt and managed with the problems, so mm -hmm. to speak. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and we had good support and good supervision. Mm -hmm. In the early days, we had um, a panel of advisors, social workers, psychologists, childcare experts, and we used them and their knowledge uh, not only to help us about individual cases, but to provide training. And we used what they were saying uh, and uh, integrated that into our own policies, protocols, practice, and uh, to ensure there was there were quality standards. That was enormously helpful. Mm -hmm. They gave that free. Uh, we had a lot of contact with the psychology department in the, in the Royal. And uh, it, was, it was just hugely fascinating and helpful and yeah. we brought a lot of uh, childcare experts who were from England, really top-notch people yeah. uh, for both public events and our own private training. Yeah and something that always strikes me um, about parenting and I, I'm maybe a little bit biased because I work here, yeah. but um, there, there's kind of a, a family yeah. attitude within the organisation too, you know, they're, they're a close-knit team um, and everyone gets on very well. Um, and I think that has a big part to play as well in terms of, yes, it's great, everybody has really good supervision and support and all the rest of it, but I suppose that can also be helpful for people too, just having good peer support around and uh, and even being able, maybe if you're you're struggling with something in, in your own family as well, to just get a little bit of help and support from your, your colleagues. I think, yes, uh, absolutely, and I, I think it, uh, the unifying factor is the passion about parenting and the belief that parenting yeah. uh, needs to be attended mm -hmm. to if we're going to have happier families and if we're going to have children who are contented and their needs are met. Um, I think also there, there, there's a view, there may be a view that and certainly in the early days that people worked in parenting and I, they all had wonderful family lives and perfectly managed <laughs> children. Uh, uh, and you talked about the motivating factor. One motivating factor for me in getting involved was that uh, one of my children, and I've cleared it a long time ago that I can talk about this, 
uh, his behaviour I find exceedingly difficult to manage. Mm -hmm. So here I was as a qualified primary school teacher and couldn't manage a three-year-old, so it wasn't great for my self-confidence. However, through Parenting NI, I did learn how to manage that, manage him. And it was transformational. And uh, I also talked to lots of parents whose children had similar behaviour and so forth and so on. So we did support each other and there was that understanding that we could talk about our issues. Helping other people is a different type of skill. You're not saying, this is what I did. You're using best practice. You're using enabling, facilitating, supporting. Mm -hmm. And that was what was always about the uh, quality of the training and the skills and the monitoring of that. It's not about here's what I did and you can do that. It's not about that. Uh, People did think that in the early days, but Mm -hmm. it's far from that. Um, So it's it's about what is the best way and how to support the individual parent in their circumstances. Um, And that's why, for me, it made made it endlessly interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, Just being there even if you couldn't change the circumstances yeah. hopefully we did that many times yeah. <laughs> uh, just being there parents were unbelievably grateful mm-hmm. that they could offload have someone to turn to yes yeah. unbelievably so yeah, definitely. Um, privately confidentially and, and and feel better at the end of the contact whatever that was yeah so um 37 years mm-hmm. you're with parent then i this is maybe a difficult question but would you have something that you're most proud of in those 37 years? I suppose overall that the, the progress, um, getting the, the parenting education going, getting the dad's project going, getting the parent consultation and participation going, mm-hmm. and uh, those uh, added services which were all supported by the helpline, expanding and expanding to a high level like uh the best of practice mm-hmm. uh, and we did um get parent it was parents week then we did i was at a meeting in england and they had parents week and i put my hand up and said do you mind if we have one in northern ireland yeah. and that's how that happened yeah uh, so bringing those things um in the innovation i suppose yeah uh, to sum it up is, mm-hmm. is what i liked and having there was no bl- blueprint for the organization and collectively the team we could make it up, we could shape it, yeah. provided, of course, we had the dreaded funding, which <laughs> somehow <laughs> appeared from nowhere uh, repeatedly. But that was the excitement. The, mm-hmm. the excitement never ended, even on the down days. You know, it was picking yourself up. Well, what, what do we learn from that? Where do we go? Yeah. And the staff and the volunteers were just amazing to work with mm-hmm. because they had the passion Absolutely. and the belief. Yeah. Uh, and that was the motivating factor. Always for me, I couldn't wait to get in to see what the next yeah. day brought. This is another difficult question, Pip. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm imagining you're maybe going to say to me I couldn't choose just one thing, but if you could change one thing for parents and children here in Northern Ireland, what would that be? Yeah, that, that is tricky. Um, it, 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 couldn't po- it couldn't possibly be just a single thing, mm-hmm. but if circumstances... I, I suppose... For children, I think we should have uh, pe- what I would call preventative uh, parenting programmes available to every parent in every community across Northern Ireland, uh, delivered in a way that is suitable for them so that 
they it is truly preventative uh, and we do everything we can to uh, avoid parents getting into uh, problematic situations which is very difficult but most importantly that uh, the children have the very best chance in their life to reach their potential and are happy and contented and the parents whatever the nature of the family is uh, that they have that enjoyment and that it, it isn't a chore to them so integrating some kind of preventative parenting support be it with fathers be it to influence services be it programs in some way that's what i would want to see okay um and alongside that then if you had one kind of piece of advice or words of wisdom for parents listening <laughs> <laughs> what would that be uh don't Keep it to yourself. It's no good for you as a parent. Mm -hmm. It certainly doesn't help the children. And uh, it is once, and I know this from my own experience, no matter what I get, uh, difficulty I get into, once you start talking to somebody else, it begins to take on a different perception. And there's always somebody that is able to help and do not keep it to yourself. Just try and get that person. Parenting and I is here in all different forms yes, to do that, to yeah. support you. And yeah. uh, I, I'm just so uh, thrilled that that early pilot scheme for one year <laughs> has turned into a very vibrant and an established organisation. And I was just unbelievably privileged to be part of that. Finally, Pip, something that we're asking parents to do, um, parents, grandparents, anyone on a parenting role uh, over parenting week, is talk about what they enjoy most about being a parent. And you are also a grandmother yes. to seven. Se seven grandchildren. So what would be your favourite thing about being a grandmother or what do you like to do with your grandkids? Uh, I am so lucky. I meet my older grandchildren for lunch and we talk about absolutely everything. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, my, younger my younger grandchildren, I, I pick one of them up from sports. I go, go to the birthday parties I just and it's, I go around for something to eat with them. And it, it, I'm so lucky they're all here, mm -hmm. um, mostly, and that my children are all here. I, I know how very, very fortunate I am. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we... I, I seem to be the sort of messenger in the family because the, one, one of my children will ask me, well, what's, what's so and his sister doing or what's his brother doing? And I seem to be one that keeps all that together. So it's, it's a total, it is a total joy. Even though they come to me with, have you got five minutes? Wait till I tell you this, here's another. <laughs> I think, all right, okay. But that's my job. That's and lovely I, that they come to you. Oh, they well. do. Sometimes I, I think, well, maybe not today. <laughs> maybe not. But I, I would. That that's a fleeting thought because yeah. uh, it it is. Once we have a chat about it, it seems to be uh, a little bit easier. Yeah. So I, I am I am really truly truly fortunate to have them nearby and do different things with them. Yeah. Do yeah. different things. Uh, so, uh, the homework is not something I help my children with. <laughs> Uh, hands up to that uh, but uh, I do love I do love their chat I yes. do love their chat 
Pip, thank you so much for coming in and spending thank some time you. with me this morning. I really appreciate it. Um, I certainly enjoyed hearing more about the background of the organisation. Um, and it's always a joy to spend a bit of time with you. Thank, thank you so you. much. Thank you very much, Shanna. Thank you.